0: Good morning Oceanside. You seem so distant. That's a good thing right? We're supposed to stay away from each other. It's contrary to our hearts. I uh, just really uh, enjoy this opportunity to be speaking into the life of Oceanside. Uh, Jackie and I I think like a lot of you we start off our year uh, seeking the Lord for a word. What's his kind of thing he wants to highlight for the year? And uh, this year, Jackie um, got a word, and the word was storm. So that was back in December. She was going, wow, I don't know whether I like that word. It's not really something I want. Uh, uh, what, and we started sort of praying, what does this look like? Is this for us personally? We're going to go through some kind of storm? You know, it's not that exciting a word. But as we were praying into it, the Lord gave us two different indications. One was Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. So I want to encourage us with that. And uh, then the other word that we got was Isaiah 32:2. Each will be a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm. So that kind of made us uh, a little happier about the word where we thought, well, okay, uh, let's see how this comes down. Never had any idea we'd be looking at the storm we're looking at right now. But who did? The word the Lord gave me was uh, the word consecration which is really a word of greater submission to him, uh, examining all areas of our life and just making sure that we're walking in all he's called us to. So I'm going to kind of marry those two words this morning. I feel that they both speak into the present pestilence that we're seeing in the earth. And uh, uh, my word to us is, hey, wake up. Uh, uh, It's scriptural, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says, So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-control. In other words, we need to wake up. So I've got seven points for you. My first point is be wide awake and alert. Uh, we're talking about spiritual alertness here. Uh, and as we've seen, Scripture says it's possible for us to fall asleep. We certainly saw that with the disciples. Jesus in the garden, Matthew twenty-six forty-one. Jesus said to them, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit's willing, but the body's weak. That word watch in the Greek means to wake up. So you can look through Scripture and where we see watch. We're talking about our message this morning. Wake up means to wake up, be vigilant, be watchful. Kind of the opposite of what the disciples were doing. As we know, the disciples fell asleep while Jesus was going through his agony. And uh, it's possible for us to do that spiritually. It's very interesting with different moves in the earth. Uh, of God. We're really believing for that today. Uh, One of those moves in the 1700s, the Methodist revival, was called the Great Awakening. It's just rather interesting. The idea of waking up, awakening, is like people came alive to the thing spiritually. His church came alive, and uh, then it had an impact out on the earth. So, Let's hope that's what's happening right now for Canada. Wake up, Canada. It's just so comfortable, isn't it? I mean, everything just goes on the same, same, same. Well, how many know that it's not going on the same right now? So I think it's a great opportunity for us to be praying into Canada. It's like a call to soldiers on the front lines. Be alert. Stay awake. You could actually get court-martialed if you fall asleep on duty. But worse than that, you're compromising, allowing the enemy to take ground. And uh, how many know we're at war? We've got a real enemy that wants to destroy us. His whole motivation is to stop, undermine the extension of God's kingdom through us on the earth. Uh, it's not just a resistance to, it's an all-out war that we're in. And I think it's time to wake up to that. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Uh, it's good to just be reminded that he's, he's not asleep. <laughs> he's prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour, uh, to trip us up. Jesus said, watch, that you'd fall not into temptation. And I think that's part of the strategy to just tangle us up in sin. Keeps us from being effective. Watch out, wake up, be alert. 2 John 8 Says, watch out that you do not lose what you've worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Just a reminder that we're not working for our salvation. There's not talking about salvation there. Salvation's free, but there is a purpose that God has for us on the earth. And like Paul who said, I just strive with everything in me to finish this race that God has called me to. I want to remind us that God has called all of us to a race. There is a purpose that God has us on the earth, the part that we have to play, it doesn't matter how insignificant you are in world affairs, uh, the enemy knows that you are dangerous, you're armed and dangerous, and there's a purpose that God has for you here, for the extension of his kingdom. I think that this time that we're in right now, when all of the other things are dumbed down and put aside, and we're sitting at home, just us and our family, uh, it's a great opportunity to press into God afresh and say, God... Let me just be re-envisioned here. Like an athlete, we have this athlete striving for that medal, that gold medal. And as our Olympics are coming up, if they are going to be pulled off in Japan, it's uh, such a good picture for us, isn't it? I mean, those guys give everything they have for this fading thing, just this medal, to to get this medal. And uh, God says there's a far greater reward for us to finish the race that he has for us, so good time to re-envision. My second point is be alert to one another. We're not just watching out for ourselves. Uh, We're called to look after one another. We're in a war together. We're a band of brothers. Luke 17.3 says, so watch yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. In other words, if you see your brother starting to slip, we have a responsibility. Hey, wake up, brother. Come on. (laughs) You're, You're falling off to sleep here again. That word rebuke means, it's from a Greek word that means calling to attention, a warning. So we're called to watch out for one another, and uh, I think that's the power of life groups. You get known by a group of people, people get to know you, you're going through and you can share concerns. We can't really do that right now, but uh, we have all kinds of other ways of contacting one another, and I think this is just a good time to remind us, pick up the phone, all these different social media tools that we have at our hands it's a good time to just be thinking of people out there in the body that uh, may need an encouragement they may not have a family around them they may be stuck in a little bachelor suite on their own and uh, it's a good time to just speak into one another's lives pray for one another ephesians 6 says and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all of the saints. So it's not just for me and my family. I'm going to be praying for other saints also. Be alert. To, number three is be alert to his return, Matthew twenty four forty two. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. This is our Lord saying this. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch would not have let his house be broken into. Jesus is not a thief, but he's saying with the same kind of di- diligence, if you knew that a thief was going to break in tonight, you would wake up and take action. And uh, that's the thought that is there. In Luke twelve thirty seven. he says, it will be good for you. Jesus said this. How many know if Jesus says it will be good for you, it's going to be good for you? Uh, the opposite is true. It's not going to be so good for you. For those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Well, we're 2,000 years closer, and uh, it's meant to be the motivation of every generation and will continue into the future. But I I think some of these things that are happening in the earth, the Bible says that the earth is groaning under the weight of sin, and we're having pestilence and wars, all these things that Jesus said would precede his coming. Uh, Those things are happening right now, and uh, I think it's a time for us to wake up and say, Hey, here I am, Lord. I'm ready. I'm looking for your return. I'm engaged with you. Romans thirteen eleven says, "And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. It sure is." The fourth point is be alert to unbelief. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen says, "Keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong." Uh, that's a a real call to recognize that the whole attack, this attack that is on us, is in the area of discouragement. Try and get our faith level down so that we just want to give up. And uh, certainly there are a lot of people in the earth today who are really concerned uh, about what is happening in the earth right now. Such a great opportunity for us to stand up and say, the Lord is on his throne, he hasn't moved. And we're not going to be moved either. He goes with us through the storm. He's never leave us or forsake us. 1 John 5, 3 says, This is love for God, to obey his commands. Uh, the Passion Translation, true love for God means obeying his commands. It's kind of more direct there. For every bor- one born of God overcomes the world. There's a good reminder, we're overcomers in Christ. But this is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. This is where the attack is on faith, and this is where our victory is, to rise up in faith. So God's calling us, wake up, stand up, don't give in to those voices of unbelief out there. There's a lot of voices online right now that can speak unbelief into you. Rise up in Christ, get His hold of his promises again, recognize who you are in him, walk in his victory. Here's the victory that overcomes even our faith. Number five is be alert to false teachings. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. That just seems to be said over and over again. It's like Paul's saying here, we're, we're giving you truth, but hey, watch out, there's deviations from this, and it matters what you believe. I mean, if you hear that message over and over again, watch out. And we have to recognize that all the voices out there are not necessarily God's voice. And I think it's a good reminder to press into God's Word that's... Uh, We've got time on our hands now. Why not take time to give time to God's word every day? The thing that's going to keep us falling into error is like the enemy can't get us to completely reject the truth. Uh, Then he tries to tip us just a little off balance, just a little off balance, get you going off at an angle at a tangent. And pretty soon we're being led astray. But I think it's a time to press into all of God's word. The antidote to that is to have the full counsel of God in his word. It's this love letter to us, and uh, God expects us to press into him. If we want to love him with our whole heart, we need to press into his word and allow that word to just wash over us and uh, keeps us on his path, his path of truth. Mark eight fifteen, Jesus said, be, warf- be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Jesus kind of highlights two uh, things that can knock the church out of balance and has been knocking the church out of balance for centuries. I thought it would be good to highlight them just quickly. The yeast of the Pharisees, I think, is probably pretty obvious. The yeast of the Pharisees is adding to God's word. God had his truth and said, here, live like this, the law. But the Pharisees took it and just built volumes on this thing. They, they detailed what the law was. And uh, it wasn't God's heart. And just put people under tremendous bondage. And uh, it's possible for us to do that. We can take, for example, the the word that says women are called to be modest. And and now suddenly we can start defining what modest looks like. And if you start going down that road, it gets really crazy after a while. And there's people walking in that in the world today, just bound by all this stricture of okay, You have to have your hair in a bun. You can't wear makeup. You can't wear jewelry. Pretty soon you got to cover every piece of flesh in your body. It just gets crazy. It's such a crazy example. But we can do the same, too. We can talk about praying in the Spirit. I mean, I could give you a great message this morning. I could preach for hours just on the power of pre- preaching in tongues. And in my zeal, I could start saying, if you're not praying at least an hour in tongues every day, you're missing it, you know. And pretty soon we start building these things. It is good if you pray in tongues, but you need to get a revelation of that, a love for him, and uh, find out what he wants you to do with that, not me dictating to you what it looks like. We start moving away from relationship, living in the Spirit, and we lose the heart of God. The other one that Jesus highlights is the East of Herod. Herod was a Jew who was in a place of great power. He ruled over the whole land. So I, I think, I mean, you can have a different opinion of this. It, my, my thought on it is, is that here it was a man who outwardly was politically correct. Everything looked good on the outside. But as we know, Scripture shows us Herod on the inside was totally corrupt, You know, morally corrupt. And uh, I think it's possible to do that. I think we can play the game and just put on, Jesus said, look out for the yeast. Of Herod. And I think this is the east of Herod. Trying to just put on a kind of guise of Christianity, but inside, we're not reflecting that. God's called us to work on the inside, and the rest of it gets looked after, not the other way around. It's possible to do that. 1 Timothy 4 1 says, The Spirit clearly says, I like that, that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Watch out for all those voices out there. Get into God's Word. Get it yourself. Uh, number six is be alert to those around you. Uh, we were talking about the church in one of our other points, but I'm talking about the world around us, and we're kind of being retracted from the world around us right now, but we can still phone up our neighbors, reach out to our, those around us that we know. And uh, it says in New Living uh, Translation in John four thirty five. you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, But I say, wake up and look around. Uh, The fields are ripe for harvest. New International Version says, open your eyes. Same kind of idea. Open your eyes, wake up, look out. There's a whole harvest around here. And this is such a great uh, example here, because as we know in John 4, Jesus has just been sitting at the well talking to the Samaritan women, and he's— Uh, entered into this conversation. He just wants a drink of water, but in the midst of getting something he needs, he uses it as an opportunity to really speak into this lady's life. She's so excited about it, she becomes the first evangelist, and uh, she goes running out into the village and telling everybody, come and see, this must be the Messiah. And then we have that contrast. So this is going on. Revival's breaking out in Samaria, (laughs) and we have that contrast with with the disciples worried about what to eat. Now, there's nothing wrong with worrying about what to eat, but Jesus is saying, hey, that's good, you've gone and got food, but you're missing something here. There's a harvest here, and it's ripe. And I think God wants to say that to us. There is a shaking that's going in the earth right now. God uses every shaking for good. And God uses floods, and uh, there's a flood out there right now. And it's such an opportunity to us to see the the harvest around us my last point is number seven is be alert to the lord now that isn't last because it's last in value of course that's number one but i wanted to leave us with it and so i put it at the end and we need to recognize he's always awake he never slumbers and psalm 24 7 in the passion says so wake up you living gateways lift up your heads you ageless doors of destiny Welcome, the king of glory, for he's about to come through you. You ask, who is this king of glory? The Lord armed and ready for battle, the mighty one, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you ageless doors of destiny. Here he comes, the king of glory is ready to come in. The King of Glory wants to come into our life. I think as we started this service off today just saying, this is such an opportunity to press into God. I think over all of these things, I want to exhort us. This is a time. All the other things are dumbing down in our life that take our attention. All the excuses we have for not having time with God. Press into God. Get your family pressing into God. Here's a great suggestion for you. Why don't you have breakfast together for a change? Or maybe you can't have breakfast. Maybe you can have supper together. Maybe you've got teenagers who want to sleep in. But find a meal. Encourage everybody to have a time with the Lord praying, a prayer time with the Lord, a little time in his word, and then come together around the meal and say, hey, what's God saying to us today? You will actually be totally amazed. You'll get hooked and want to keep on doing that. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to encourage us to press into the Lord. Can I pray for us? Father, we just thank you for this amazing time we live in. Who would have thought? The whole world is shaking, but we are unshakable because you're unshakable, Lord. I pray, Father, for everyone listening, that we would press in, press in, press into God. This is such an opportunity. We don't want to miss it. And I thank you, Lord, that your glory and grace. May we look back, Lord, in the coming year or years to come and say this was a watershed moment in our life. We pressed into God. We took the extra time that we had as a family to come together and spend time seeking God together. And look what God has done. We're getting the overflow in the year and the years that come afterwards. Bless you. Great to be with you.
1: Welcome Oceanside Church to our live stream. And it's so awesome to be here live from the Oceanside studio. You didn't even know that there
0: was one, but there is one. Oceanside Church is a vibrant community of Christian believers in Nanaimo on Vancouver Island. Amidst the current global crisis, we invite you to join us online each Sunday morning at 9.30 through our live stream. We believe that God has a powerful message of hope in spite of the uncertainty and So come join us and invite others as well as we find out what God has to say in these times and we continue on our mission to know Jesus and to make Jesus known.
1: So why don't you join us wherever you are each week. We'll have an awesome time of worship, dig into God's word with a message of hope. We'll pray and have tons of fun along the way as well. And there's two awesome ways you can easily join us. You just need to head to oceansidechurch.ca at 9.30 in the morning on Sundays, click on the link on our homepage, and it'll take you straight into the live stream. Or you can watch us on just about any device that has YouTube built in. So on a smart TV, phone, tablet, or computer, which means you can watch us just about anywhere, including that nice big screen in your living room. Just search Oceanside Church Nanaimo on YouTube and you'll find us right away. We know that this season isn't a time of shrinking back or being fearful, but instead we know in times of trials that God can do amazing things and speak powerfully to us. So we hope you join us this weekend, Sunday, 9.30 in the morning, and we'll see you there.